You know it. You love it. Hello and welcome to New York Update. We have a, a great guest today, Julie Goldberg here. Julie Goldberg for State Senate. Hello. So let's talk about another issue that's in Rockland County, and, and it's also happening up in Orange County, our neighbors, and down in New York City, and this is the issue of ultra-Orthodox schools, the yeshivas, that are controversial because they're getting money, they're getting state funding, and as a teacher, you know that we have lots and lots of strings attached to our funding. In the private schools or in the ultra-religious schools, there are a number of yeshivas. Yes. So, and, and, you know, most perceptions of uh, private schools, Catholic schools, mm-hmm. uh, religious schools, they do a pretty good job of giving kids a well-rounded education. As do most yeshivas. Right, as do most yeshivas. But there are some, they are required by law to offer all of the courses that kids take in public schools, which is math, learning how to speak English, science, social studies, gym, art, you name it. You know, there's supposed to be health classes and all of the basics that public schools are supposed to get because the law says that the yeshivas have to be substantially equivalent. Right, and that that language is very vague. My my children went to a non-religious private school for some years when they were little and every school does things its own way. Private schools all do things their own way. They have a particular philosophy or they have a particular religion or they have a particular tradition that you're following. But what substantially equivalent means is not that you have to have the same curriculum and that's that's probably a misunderstanding. It's saying that you have to teach the same subjects and you have to have roughly equivalent outcomes. It's okay, it's not saying that you know all children have to read at age five. It's a, if you say we're gonna make them all read by the time they're eight, that's fine. It doesn't mean that you have to teach the same sequence, for example, of math classes or science classes in the high school. You don't have to teach yeah. physics, chemistry, biology in that order, but you have to be responsible for educating the children after whatever fashion you're doing. And if you make the the comparison to homeschooling, you are still responsible for educating that child. And if you have not taught that child to read and write in English and to do some math and to know some basic civics and history and science, then you could conceivably be charged with educational neglect. So there is no sort of private school that should be held to lower standards than homeschools that aren't getting any funding. The funding is almost a secondary issue because even if you took away all the money for textbooks and busing and special education that our private schools in New York are entitled to, they would still be responsible for providing a substantially equivalent education. Every child in New York needs to get a proper education to prepare him or her to take their place in the 21st century. And it's not happening. We are hearing more and more whistleblowers. We're hearing students and parents that actually attend these schools. These are not outsiders yeah, that are not that are trying to attack these schools. These are parents that say, hey, I'm born in New York. You know, my kid isn't learning English. Right. And, and they're also concerned that they're not getting the skills that they need to be a productive member of society. Right. Uh, and this is me talking because the community is following the political dictates of their religious leaders. They all block vote. Well, it, no. is, it is a, a, a very uniform thing that they vote in a block. Mm-hmm. and that they are then able to wield a lot of bargaining power. And you see a lot of people coming and catering for the block vote because it can make the difference in a lot of these elections. But let's analyze that a little bit, too. Let's analyze this term, the block vote, because I think that, you know, I, I worked at the Finkelstein Memorial Library mm-hmm. for a while on Route 59, which is right right in the heart 
of the, the ultra-Orthodox community and the Orthodox community and the modern Orthodox community and the conservative community, right? And what most people don't realize and what I didn't even fully appreciate until I was working there is how diverse that community is. So I think people outside of East Ramapo or sometimes even within it say like, oh, the block, and they mean every person that to them is identifiably Jewish. Right. Right? And that is actually not the block. Right, that's right? not what we're talking and, about. But the problem is that the more people from outside the community say the block, the block, the block, the more people who are anywhere in that community are inclined to say, well, if you're against them, you're against me. Right. And when you look at the interests in this very diverse community, some people, for example, are renters and some people are homeowners. Homeowners are always going to be concerned about property taxes, and especially if they're also paying private school tuition. Homeowners are concerned about their property values. Homeowners are concerned about the local environment. They're concerned about water quality. They're concerned about the sewers. They're concerned about the traffic, infrastructure. So I want to push back on the idea that there's this one thing called the block, and they always vote a particular way, and they all have the same interests. I think one of the things that makes a group of voters a block is if they feel pressure from, from outsiders and misunderstood, right? But when we're talking about for example, the environment. Most people in this entire 38th Senate district who own a home are concerned about the local environment because that directly affects their property values. So I think it's important to kind of pull apart the different interests within this group, not by their religious denomination within the group, but within the interests of people as voters. And yes, and some people are going to vote however their religious leaders tell them. That's been the case for a while, but that's not everybody. And some of the issues that we're talking about are issues that actually divide that community because there are people in that community who are paying lots of money to a school they love that's preparing their kid religiously, preparing their kid secularly, preparing them for any kind of career their kid might want. And they, I don't think, have too much sympathy with people who want to keep other kids, right. um, third, third, fourth, fifth generation Americans, in still, the dark, so yeah, to speak. still not still not speaking properly. You know, it's definitely not the entirety of the Absolutely. community or the diaspora of of, of Jewish people, mm-hmm. um, but it is it is a raging issue here. And, you know, right now we have a, a closely divided Senate. We have literally 31 and 31, and then there's Simka Felder, who is this... Who is, who is a delegation unto himself. Right. And he is this really convenient excuse for the IDC and for David Carlucci to say, hey, it's not us, it's him. He's the one that's throwing power over to the Republicans. Even though he has at times said that he would join the Democrats, you know, if they took the majority because he wants basically just to get the best deal for his own district. But it's not a coincidence that the Senate is evenly divided. It's my observation that the big billionaire hedge fund managers out there like Daniel Loeb and Robert Mercer and the Waltons and, yes, the Koch brothers and and all these people that are not even here in New York, they can kind of just, you know, they just spent enough to get the majority and then they kind of stopped. (laughs) You know, the, the what the IDC really represents and what David Carlucci represents is somebody that's willing to share funders with the Republicans. When it comes to these issues not ever coming for a vote, it really is kind of like giving up New York State, right? Giving up New York State. I mean, there is a map somewhere when the Koch brothers have their billionaire summits, they have a map somewhere and they're like, well, we need one of these three chambers. If we don't have the governor, we need the assembly or the Senate. What can we do? And they've had the state Senate wrapped up 
for a while where they've been able to block things like campaign finance reform, to block election reform, election reform, early or legalization, this whole host of issues, right? In New York, New York is supposed to be this blue state, this stronghold. Uh, Common misperception. The IDC is called at times Trump's Democrats Mm -hmm. who are helping the Republicans. But when you look at the funding sources, the IDC had two different slush funds or house cleaning accounts that took in money and they distributed it out to all the various IDC members, including David Carlucci, which was coming from some pretty nasty places. You know, I would point out Daniel Loeb, who is one of the board members of Success Academy Charter Schools. He's also heavily invested in Puerto Rico debt and Puerto Rico vulture funds. Why a progressive Democratic state senator would want any money that was mixed in from that guy, I can't say. I think it's just the fact that people are not aware. It's like, I think the problem is that people around, in and around New York, are extremely aware of city politics. They're extremely aware of national politics. I mean, you cannot walk into a restaurant or a coffee shop or anywhere without hearing people talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. And because the city is this enormous center of gravity and Washington, D.C. is this enormous center of gravity, people lose sight of the fact that so much of our lives is dictated by what goes on in Albany. So in the city, for example, the MTA, that's controlled by the New York State Legislature. Our school funding, New York State Legislature. Um, our environmental regulations, to a great extent, the New York State Legislature. And now, of course, that that the right to choice is in danger. Roe v. Wade. Right? Now the, the imminent nomination of a new justice to the Supreme Court, people are starting to say, well, who's going to protect me in New York? I'm a member of this big, blue, progressive state. What are my rights? And turning out to find, actually, you have no protection for choice in New York. You have nobody fighting to defend you against what's going on in Washington, D.C. So now, if people were not aware before about the power of Albany in all of our lives, we're already going to have this situation where we're going to have a a relatively low voter turnout. We have to get people aware who represents you in the state Senate. We're already on a great track for that because we had over 150 volunteers out collecting signatures for the petition period, which just ended last Thursday. We got over 3,000 petition signatures. You only need 1,000 to get on the ballot. We did not have a single paid petitioner. Um, So we already have this army of volunteers who are ready and already have gone out to talk to their neighbors and friends and people they run into at the grocery store to say, let me tell you something. One, we're having a primary. Two, you have a choice. We're only going to increase those canvassing efforts. Senator Carlucci has much more money, but there's a limit to what money can buy you. Money can buy you mailers, money can buy you ads, but money can't buy you passionate volunteers who are eager to get out there and knock on doors and write postcards and call their neighbors and let them know we're having a primary and you do have a choice. So this is going to be a great old-fashioned grassroots campaign going up against the established corporate Democrat. I mean, he definitely has corporate money. He has PAC money. Things are in play here, and we have a long way to go. So yes. when, when people come up to you on the street and tell you about their issues, you must have seen, you know, some people trying to get you to prioritize something, yeah. right? Can you and, I really, and I really appreciate that because there are people who have come up to me with issues that I wouldn't have found out about any other way. Um, Issues that I've had, we've had a meeting just a couple of days ago where I met with um, activists about election reform. These are people who've been working passionately about on election reform 
for years in New York and butting their heads up against the fact that our election laws favor incumbents. And when you go to speak to your senator, if your senator is an incumbent, that person has no desire to change these laws. I've spoken with other groups who are extremely concerned about environmental issues, mm -hmm. who are interested in climate resilience, how we can prepare mm -hmm. our communities and protect our communities as the climate changes, as well as move to renewable fuels and keeping our water and air clean. Music have, to my ears. We have people that are, you know, that are passionately concerned with criminal justice reform. We yeah. have we have such a long way to go, and so many years now, where the assembly has been passing great bills that would move New York State forward into being the kind of state we like to think it is. Mm -hmm. And so many years of having all of that just die in the Senate. And I think this is the year it comes to an end. Well, I'm hopeful myself, you know, as a teacher, um, I'm hopeful that we will have a blue wave, that we'll have a teacher wave, that we'll have some new blood, some fresh candidates to go up to Albany and really strike back at the Trump administration and the kind of culture of corruption, you know, that's going on in Albany that we're seeing in the headlines every day. We want to thank Richard at Rockland World Radio. Uh, this will also be available on the New York Update Facebook page. Which Julie4nysenate.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and in your neighborhood. Thanks again to Richard, and we will see you right back here next Monday. Thanks a lot. Welcome to the news.